everyone, welcome to the Swap Motor Podcast. We are with, uh, rather, Michael Antonovich and I are joined by FXR Chaparral Honda's Michael Lindsay, who's a longtime friend of ours from way back. Before you were even a, a, a editor type at Vital, you were just a message board bandit at Vital and Pro Ride, right? Oh, before that, I would just bug you at the track if I could test bikes. Yeah, I'm actually trying to think. I'm trying to think if it was before media when Lutz blew up at me the one day when I was trying to help you guys change a shock or something. Oh no, 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 no! Lutz and I were trying to put a mototastionary. That uh, was it. Mm. Uh, the, the, all the that countdown yeah. to meltdown. When you had to take it the whole back end of the bike apart. Yeah, and we were trying to put it on and. Michael's coming over. You got to do it this way. Do that. Do that. Do that this way. And Lutz is all, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Threw the boot across the parking lot. That was pretty good. That was a good one. That was a long good. That was a classic Brendan Lutz moment, though. Yeah, I remember because you did an editorial on it years later. Where you, the countdown to Meltdown was yeah. the name of it. <laughs> okay, so uh, Michael, for those uh, who may have been living under a rock for the past few years, he uh, he's done several jobs within the industry. You've worked at Enzo Racing with my brother. Yep. Uh, you were editor at Vital MX. You ran your own YouTube channel and did shootouts, ML testing. Yep. And then you lost your mind. Yep. Severely. And uh, decided that you wanted to be a motocross team owner. And you yep. launched the FXR Chaparral Honda race team. Still don't know how you got started. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're approaching the end of your second full season. I think it's a season to be proud of. You've got, uh, you know, Carson Mumford, who's turned in some top 10s in the 250 class. And then, really, the big uh, thing you put on your on your mantle over this is, you know, hiring Cody Shock last year, seeing potential in him. And the kid now is, you know, sixth place at a national in the 450 mm-hmm. class. Um, you're taking him from being an unknown from Delaware to uh, a kid with some national prominence, right? Yep. So... Uh, anyway, without talking about how everything happened and started and, and all that, because I think we've done that before somewhere, uh, the big news came out the other day that you are actually going to have to shut down the team. Yep. So the object of this podcast is uh, the who, where, what, and why of, of uh, why you made that decision. Um, <coughs> a couple couple reasons, really. I mean, just like anybody would imagine, and I've gotten this question a million times, like how do you start a race team? Race teams are tough to start because, like anything in motorsports, it's just how much money can you find or how big of a check can somebody write? And um, basically, we started the team pretty low-key. I mean, due to my time in the industry, the people I know, and just people that want to help, I originally went into it with a theory of, like, hey, I just want to help. I I knew a couple of criteria that over the years I was even at Vital and even a little bit afterwards, it was just, like, I'd help people get boot deals and this and that because everybody's Mm -hmm. always needing something. And I had a group of, of friends I knew that were, like, all needing something. So I was like, well, let's let's turn this into something. And mm-hmm. then it's per dream's goal. I've had a really cheap deal on semi. Like, oh, let's do a full a full effort. I knew some guys at Honda. They wanted to help out. Race like all these people. And we turned it into an actual team the first year. Yeah. And did Supercross only. Decently successful. Um, Blows had a really good season when he came back from injury. Um, Cody was is a couple of Mathis and the guy, like, all the Pulp Fantasy guys like to joke. Cody was, uh, we ended up picking him up as a fill-in. He immediately got hurt, broke both wrists, and then didn't come back to Salt Lake. And he was making mains, but very all over the place. Very, mm-hmm. But, like I said, the kid works really hard and just so much time. We decided, okay, we're going to keep going and do another year. And originally, I would have never tried to probably grow it as fast as it kind of did this year. But it was a weird scenario where, um, 
you know, Geico Honda went away, of course, at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Cars available, there was more support available from Honda, and we were like, okay, can we actually try to take a serious run at this, build really good bikes, huge amount of rotation of parts, and do it truly professionally, do it indoors and outdoors, and try to, I don't want to say take up their their mantle, but take a step towards that, which I think for any team, like, the opportunity to grow with an OEM like that doesn't come around very often. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, let's see if we can grow it and do it. Um, and it was just it like going from as most people think, like doing. There's a reason why there's so many Supercross only teams. All these little two fifty teams can buy because a lot of people can do it part time on the side. Like if they have a real job, like mechanics or people can help out. Um, it's not that bad on travel budget, especially if you're West Coast based. Um, Supercross isn't that hard on bikes. You don't burn through that much. You just don't burn that much stuff. Like, yeah, it's a little expensive to build a couple good motors, but it's not that terribly hard. You go to outdoors, and then all of a sudden, everything triples. Yeah. Your fuel budget, your travel budget, um, the amount of parts you destroy, um, <laughs> just the, everything goes through I mean, the even roof. without crashing, you're destroying bikes. Destro- like, a guy will ride a whole week of Supercross, and the bike looks, like, cleans up really good at the end of the week. They ride one gnarly day at Glen Hill on Thursday, like a true top-level pro. Like, go across the bike, and then you come back and, like, this bike looks like it should just go in a freaking trash can. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's destroyed. Everything mm-hmm. on it is just ruined. And it, it's just tough. Um, at the end of the day, like, doing all off industry sponsors, whatever I had for life savings, kind of to basically start it. And um, the end of the first year, we came out okay. Like, I didn't make any money, but really didn't lose anything. I was like, okay, let's, let's keep it going. A um, <coughs> lot more expensive to operate this year. Um, just tough kind of COVID and I kind of learned this last year, like, don't get me wrong. We have a lot of really great backers, but just contracts, people's payment periods, stuff gets messy. People don't pay on time hardly ever. I mean, some, like we have some, like I said, amazing brand. I'm not trying to throw anybody a bus, but there's just some stuff that would get drug out and mm-hmm. then you're funding out of your pocket. And that's why you either pretty much there's a factory team or dude with kind of usually with money dude that can float the differences. Mm-hmm. And it just got to the point I had to burn, you know, personally what I what I have left in. A um, couple sponsors have been not the best at paying in general. And then some back-end stuff that has to do with selling our last semi and stuff that just, like, has basically financially made it. We're, sitting, we're getting towards the end of the season, and we had more sponsors want to help out more next year. We're doing budgets, and I'm just looking at, like, well, the hardest part is, especially if you're racing West Coast, though, is you go racing the first week of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, problem is, most people will not write you a check until you go racing. Some sponsors, once you've built enough of a relationship, maybe they'll, they'll help you in December, maybe as early as November a little bit. But you you got to float off season. There's got to be some sort of, you know, uh, pot to, to start it from. Mm-hmm. And just like anything, a business, uh, I'm sure anybody's heard this about businesses, you can grow a business too fast. And I'd say with the team, we may have been kind of on that track mm-hmm. with the expenses, the quality of what we wanted to do stuff. Like we took a huge step, made it happen, but then looking at what we'd have to do, to my opinion, continue to grow and be worth pushing. Mm-hmm. The off-season funds weren't making sense. It was like, oh my god, we're gonna. I, and I was gonna have to pull out a pretty like large personal loan, basically, to finish. You know, probably get through off-season properly. Um, you know, the team was able to operate well this year, but at the same time, it's like I'm not getting paid anything basically to do this so it's like okay is it worth continuing to go i'm already partially in debt with some people that haven't stepped up on their end and then it's like do i continue a mountain of debt mm-hmm. to create something it was like i would have to work years to pay off and i mean on one end i'd love to do it but 
life is just overwhelming. It's a weird time with COVID and our stuff, and it's just like, man, it's it's. It got to a point I just sat down and I'm like, I, I don't think we can mm-hmm. basically pull this off and do it right. Uh, worst thing we want to do is commit to everybody that we're going to do it again and fail, fail, especially not to, to fail miserably or just be be a, a for lack of a better term, a shit show is not mm-hmm. something you want to do, especially at the rate we grow. It's like, why would I want to ruin it and take a huge step backwards um, and possibly ruin career and these guys and everything. So it just, it, it became a hard decision, but I was like, man, it's just not worth continuing when there's just so many question marks in the air. If, mm-hmm. if we can do it, if it can be fun to write, if it can be done right, what it's going to be the end means. Cause our president, you want to take another step the year after. So it's like, cool. We're looking at the, I was looking at bunch of like, okay, we can make profit this year, but that I really can't return that to, to pay off the, like what's taken to start this, I would probably have to roll that into the next year to continue to grow and do it right again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, you get a taste for doing well. It's like, well, okay, how do we continue to be better? And like you joke, most parts, pretty much just keep, okay, build better bikes, hire better crew, um, hire more crew per se. Um, and get, just get better. So it just keeps yeah. Money, 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 money. I think what a lot of people don't realize is, like, you started this team because you wanted to help people. Yeah. Right? And I know that there was a point during the crazy COVID lockdown yeah. and everything, you were taking some extreme measures to keep things going, right? Oh, yeah. I was, like, me and my girlfriend were literally. Doing, what was, was uh, Instacart. I was literally ordering, like, people's groceries. For like, 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 you heard a lot of privateers say the same thing. Like, I was doing Uber Eats. I was doing whatever it took because team during COVID everybody locked down quit doing payments and stuff and it was like okay there's no incoming money uh we still have to pay bills and I have to eat so yeah just gotta do whatever it basically takes that time because even like the first year I would say the team was busy but wasn't overall as busy I was doing some side work for some brand stuff but just during COVID like you know everybody just went yeah for like Mm -hmm. two or three months it was like uh okay there's nothing to be had so gotta figure it out and keep the ball rolling I mean, I, like, sent you money a couple times, and you sent it back to me. Yeah, you tried to Venmo me money yeah. when I was, I was, I think the one time I was half stranded in North Carolina, somebody hadn't paid me, and I'm like, I was joking with you, I'm like, I don't think I have enough for an Uber, and you sent me 50 bucks, I sent you back, I'm like, yeah. no, I'll find a ride, and I did, I found a ride yeah. from the airport to where I was going. <laughs> there, I mean, there's so much stuff that we could talk about, and these last few days, you've kind of gotten drug over the coals. Um, yeah, it happens. I think, and I, as your friend. Some things, rightfully so. Some things that you probably want to talk about, too, that needs to get the air cleared about. But can you take me through, like, take us through these last six weeks? Because you and I have talked on the phone a couple times. And, like, one week it seems like, hey, we're going to hire this guy. This thing's coming in. This stuff's all good. And then Tuesday, just it seemed like everything changed. So what was the turning point where you're just like, I can't do this now? Um like I said, there's something like I, it might turn into a legal thing, so I won't talk about it too much. But there's something back end. Basically, somebody posed me out of a lot of money, and it's just like I was trying to ban, like trying to figure out what was the right route to mm-hmm. band aid it, or like, and that's where it just came down to. It's luckily, I mean, I've got some great friends and great people want to help, but it was like, it, like I said, it became how much debt do I want to take on to continue it? it? In on one end, yeah, it's a dream, and it sucks because I've basically stopped my life for two years didn't make anything just poured everything heart soul into it to to build it so i had a way like okay is the last two years of my life been worth 
what's going on mm -hmm. is it worth to continue the the journey or is the continued journey going to ruin me and um yeah just like i said i i just had to we were just sitting down on numbers and <clears throat> just trying to make it all make sense trying to figure out what riders are going to pay this and that and it was like there's versions of the budget that worked there's versions of the budget that were scary and it was like man i just i like i said the only i think the only feasible way i could have done it and not been endangering my my personal life and mental health and a bunch of stuff we would have had to take a probably a step backwards with the team mm -hmm. which in one sense like, like oh why supercross only possibly or just some like on equipment and stuff and that's it's kind of like why why do i i don't want to be worse than we were the year before which can always happen the team like riders get hurt stuff happens like there's always that chance you're just not going to do as good as you did the mm -hmm. season before but i felt like what was going to have to happen i was like i wasn't super happy with it because i felt like it was already starting it off on the wrong foot like the foundation wouldn't be as good mm -hmm. and then you're like well then you're pretty much guaranteeing that you're gonna do unless everybody really overachieves then it's like and it's not worth like doing mm -hmm. <coughs> and just yeah it's just like i said just i i'm just kind of exhaust like didn't exhaust all options like so there were some options but it was just not extreme options very extreme very yeah. extreme like i said when you when you look at all the options like when you actually sit down and think of the consequences that could come from it it's like this is not a girl like there's one site and trust me i've got family friends i'd be like no you can keep going keep doing it like even some people i know that run smart teams and give me some good advice and they're like no keep going i'm like i didn't know <laughs> and idea. I, think, I, I think another thing that people need to know too you're what 28 yep uh, just turned 29 yeah so you starting a team at 28 27 whatever yep. running all this stuff to have to take that on yeah you are in the complete opposite end of the spectrum of these like 50 year old guys that have cashed out of their businesses and this is where they're putting their retirement yeah. at it's completely different well, and the, the other thing, too, yes, very much so, and, and huge respect to guys like David Eller, Mike Genova, guys that, that spend their hard-earned money to do this, because you look at racing right now, um, you know, you, you have a very, I mean, just with you calling Callahan, like private teams actually are funding and rolling correctly, really, without <coughs> somebody putting cash in. Then you have the factory teams that's, you know, marketing budgets and mm -hmm. whatever, Um and then you have a group of teams that are people that are doing it for a passion. And I think that's, you know, the more I've done this side of the industry, like we all do because we're, we're passionate about racing, whether it's a media job, whether you work at a brand, you work on a team and stuff. But when you really, even though racing is like big business, at the same time, when you start breaking down the nuts and bolts of it, there's a lot of people in this, in the racing industry that are, talented people whether they're a suspension guy a mechanic or logistics or a truck driver blah 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 that are probably underpaid probably mm -hmm. doing it you know they're doing it truly from a passion uh, point and that's kind of what a lot of these teams are, are propped up on <clears throat> and it's just all right it's thanks to all those kind of people that this continues whether it's like i said uh, you know like one of the big money guys is just writing the checks to make it happen or the people under them that are that are doing it like hats off to everybody that does this it, it truly just takes passion and drive because at the end of the day when you really start to think about it you can pretty convi quickly convince yourself out of you're like what the heck am i doing with my mm -hmm. my life um the other thing was like big design factor is you know the team is still small we did take on like we went from part-time employees first year to full-time this year and the next step like i said to, i think grow and continue we were actually going to hire more staff and it was like well yeah we're not 
Geico or JGR sized of employees, but at the same time, you also have a personal responsibility to all the people that are mm-hmm. working for you. And you think, mm-hmm. okay, well, what if this, you know, all it takes is one or two sponsors, one's campaign layer, just not fulfilling people that say they're going to do something. This person's supposed to find money that doesn't, if they don't come through, it's like, you're responsible for all these people. And that starts to weigh on you a lot. Yeah. Like, <coughs> do you want to get another year down the road and leave them all then have pull player or do it while it's small? Cause I mean, where we're at right now, like there were some opportunities for each of the guys to kind of like, I, I there was a clear path. I felt like for everybody to find a, a home really quickly. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, it's not, I, I, at the end of the day, I feel horrible. Of course, like I full man credit having to call each guy on the team and be like, Hey, this isn't going to continue. But at the same time, I was like, okay, at least, <coughs> at least there's enough time. Like everybody's going to have a home and be able to continue what their, what their career and what they've driven onto. And, <clears throat> like particularly like Tony or and Cody, I, I at the end of the day it's like I feel like we helped them both progress their careers. Um, both are very talented individuals, and I was like, okay, they're good. Um, Pedro had a gig kind of lined up. I know there's some options for Carson, so it's like, okay, if at any point it needs to end, it needs to end while everybody can get taken care of. And even myself, I had a job offer on the table, and it's like, okay, this can actually at least like every not everybody's gonna be needing like at the end like everybody's gonna have a, a final home, mm-hmm. which. Like I said, when you when you finally come to the like sobering realization, I can't continue when that was on the table as well as like okay, that this makes a lot more sense. Like, it it probably would have pushed me worse <coughs> to continue if I felt like the guys were just gonna be completely out in the cold. Yeah, it probably would have been way worse. Like, oh my god, there's no way I can end this if if they're completely screwed. Yeah. So if you have uh, made calls and talked to people to try to seed people in the New rides, new jobs, right? Yep. I mean, I I think that has to be, that's admirable. You know, I mean, you're yeah. you're you're stopping your own effort, but you're not just leaving them out in the cold. Yeah. Like I said, I, I enjoy all the guys around, and like I said, if they didn't have something. It was a, a goals to just make sure that you know there's an opportunity there. <clears throat> and ultimately, they all you know got to pick what they want to do. It's cool because it is a talented group, and like they all have other opportunities other than some of the ones that we've called upon. Mm-hmm. So they have options and ultimately can pick what's best for their career and, and what they want to do with their career and continue this, you know, this career of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so super thankful for that. Just kind of a weird timing. Like we were talking about right before the podcast, I feel like this year there's almost going to be more crew movement than rider movement. So there's just a lot going on in the industry. I'm mm-hmm. sure as the next month or two is everybody talks about silly season, a lot of people more will learn about, but there is a lot of movement right now. So it was interesting because there's a lot of spots being flipped around filled, but there's also some open spots. Cause I know some people sort of leaving the industry mm-hmm. on some of these teams. So like I said, there was a good opportunity for guys to find homes and, and be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I think the perfect timing too, like we've said, yeah, you're getting it in front of it now and not prolonging it and thinking yeah. three, four weeks from now. And then you get everybody into the weeds. But also two races left to go. Everybody yeah. got to go to Paula and know, hey, I need to go start networking with people. They get yeah. to go to Hangtown this weekend, get one more good working weekend in to figure yeah. that out. Instead of getting to November when all these jobs are done, the work for next season has already started. Well, and they're really out in the cold. I think like last year was gnarly for that too with, with Kekko and JJ going away because we had such a delayed season too. It felt really late when mm-hmm. guys were finding out. Nothing. You know, they were doing the same thing, just trying to do right by their guys and continue their programs. Um, so that, that was a little better knowing like, okay, the guys can legitimately find something. It isn't, yeah, it's not convenient. The timing still, it is kind of literacy, but there's enough time to make mm-hmm. things happen and just be able to <clears throat> everybody to kind of move on in a, in a, 
clean, respectable fashion, all of them be able to, you know, it's still far enough out. The riders, like, everybody can get prepared for next season. They've got enough time to, to get they're done, weigh all their options, and figure out what's the best move for them. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I remember when we were first talking about you starting the team, you are telling me you're buying a semi. I'm all, a semi? You know, like the biggest loan I've ever taken out is from my house, but that's a 30-year loan. And, mm-hmm. you know, most vehicles are like 40, 50 grand. But, like, at this point right now, how much personal debt do you find yourself in? Because I know you told me that a lot of it's on credit cards for yeah, you, like right? there's still some team bills, but by the time everything, last sponsor payments come a year, we sell everything, like all that will be clear. I'll basically at the end of it walk away, be nice, won't like owe anybody money in the industry or anything like that, which I'm comfortable with. It's just credit card debt basically at that point. It's just personal loan debt that I'll have to pay off for a little while. So whatever, call it a, a failed business venture or a, or a dream that you invest in, in, but I took the risk. It didn't exactly pan out as I would hope, but... Like I said, at the same time, some people pay so, some stuff's been expensive. It's been a gnarly year for travel. Summer's been horribly expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just been hard on everybody. And like I said, some of the factors around it, some people don't pay on time. So it's like, okay, I'm floating the money in between, even though maybe eventually came around. I stacked up some interest in the meantime or mm-hmm. had to loan from this person, pay them some extra money to help me out. So it was like, eh, yeah. At the end of the day, I'll come out on the, the negative end of everything. But like I said, I'm thankful to have, you know, job to go to and, be able to work off and enjoy myself in the industry money's just money at the end of the day it'll all get figured out in life um it is actually really funny as speaking of semi that is probably the most common thing i see people say oh you're wasting your money you bought a semi but at the end of the day i've done the math like on the whole oh what if we took a couple box vans versus the trucks how much they cost how much it costs actually to move them my travel budget just for a small team to tr- for fly to every race in hotels is way more than it costs to operate the semi. I'll start there. Like, that is not the big ticket item on the budget, which mm-hmm. I laugh because a lot of people will instantly go to that. And it's like, no, it's actually way more of an efficient way to move stuff around than people would think. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, maybe not, you know, smaller teams on the on the verge, but as soon as, you know, I, I see some people talk about, like, oh, if we went back to box fans, all these factory teams would run four and five guys again. I'm like, it costs more to leave five <laughs> yeah. box fans on the road that does one semi. Five drivers. Yeah. yeah, and the mechanics have to stay with all week. Then who's working with them? Because the teams have changed. Like it probably used to be more where the guys were more, you know, mm-hmm. the bikes were more basic. The riders kind of took care of themselves. Week. Well, no, now their mechanics need to be back at the shop. They can't stay in a box van the whole time. Five box fans burns way more gas than a semi. Everybody's all split up on parts, and they just, you know, whatever. I've mapped it out a couple times. It doesn't make sense, especially if the team size gets larger. It's like it's it's not, especially like. Buying them used isn't bad. Teams that buy them brand new, yes, like a brand, brand spanking new, tra- like brand new spec feather light to how some of them a factor teams like do it. Brand new tractor, awnings, paint, everything. Yeah, the thing's probably going to cost close to a million dollars. Water tanks, the whole nine yards. But also the teams that are prepared to spend that kind of money know how long they're going to be around. Well, okay, they're going to be around for 10 or 12 years using that thing. And then they'll either transfer it, a lot of the OEMs transfer it down to another program, like Factory Cowie, they're one rig that's a team group that by the time they're done with the thing, they'll have gone 20 years of use out yeah. of it. Or you sell it to another team, and it, 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 yeah, it's expensive up front, but the teams that can afford it, and then if you buy them used, they really aren't that bad. Just like you can literally get anything used from, if you really want to find a bargain, you can literally get a semi for 50 grand or 60 grand or something, or you can spend 100 or 200 grand, just depends how nice you want it. Mm-hmm. 
and some people don't have to see the inside. The inside isn't always the most beautiful thing. Mine is, which is nice, but... Um, <laughs> Last year's wasn't. Last year's, yeah. <laughs> Last year's was a little reference. It wasn't horrible. It no. wasn't horrible, but, but it wasn't as nice. The new, the new one was actually very nice, but... I think, too, like even just on the truck driver thing, like, that's the truck itself. There's so many layers to running a race program that people yep. never see until you yep. get elbows deep into it. And then you're yep. just like, oh, okay, now you have to worry about this, this, and this. Yep. Honda's not going to come to you if you're running out of five box fans. I, I don't think and, so. And it also depends, like, it also decides sort of your, like, you know, your pit location, how much foot traffic yep. you're going to have, billboard time, like, how much area you have to actually work out. It, it does, at the end of the day, if it's not just, like, a privateer doing it, like, if there's actually, there is uh, a way it makes sense. It just all comes down to, once again, how much are you actually spending on it? What are you getting in? Blah, blah, blah. Um, which, once again, somebody might immediately answer this, well, if you're Shindan, you clearly weren't on the other end. It, it's... Like I said, budget-wise, the, the truck was a smaller portion than, than most people believe. There is a lot of paperwork nightmare with one, let me tell you that, though. That, yeah. that, that's a whole other thing. Aye, aye, aye. Um, <clears throat> but actually, what I was saying, like, the, the truck thing reminds me of something I was thinking about last night is, like, <clears throat> coming from, like, you know, your guys in the what coming from the media side to do the team side and at one point basically having done basically every job. Every job, yeah. Yeah, been as, do our own suspension, have had in a service motor, having to work on guys' bikes during a week, take them to the track, having to drive everything, everything. Getting, you know, it, it, what, what I said earlier, it made me realize that other than our positions before me, like everybody really does this have passion. It is really all of them are pretty hard jobs. You guys have to be super focused. They're so responsible for um, the riders. Really, at the end of the day, like I know a lot of riders probably grew up with this, this, this fast, you know, this dream of being a Supercross champion, all the money involved and all this stuff. But really the, the, the racing side, yeah, I know you have to work hard, but there's also so many people around you that have to work hard, and there's so many people to be grateful for. All these guys, like I said, really probably don't make what they really are worth. Um, all of them work insane hours. They're away from their family, and if it wasn't for all these group of people, like I said, from the driver, the person in the logistics, the mechanic, all these people, the riders wouldn't have the opportunity to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, And I do, like I listen to some teams, I listen to how some riders treat that group and it bums me out because i don't think they realize that these guys don't have to do this they don't have to be there it isn't their only option it's what they yes they chose to do it but at the same time they're pouring their lives and souls mm-hmm. and, and heart into getting it there and on top of that what i, what I found really interesting is i kind of thought when i did the team that i would almost maybe be more disconnected from other mechanics and manager people i used to talk to from media work I'm like, oh competition like they ain't gonna want yeah. nobody gonna want me around their truck or anything it, it honestly was actually the exact opposite. It's, it's like a it's, fraternity, right? It really is. It really is. The drivers are, the managers are, like everybody is. I honestly know, and so there's a lot of stuff I can't talk about this for because I honestly know more about rider contracts, who's going where, what, when, where, why, who had what problem each weekend than I've ever known, but it's part of it. For you, there's, you know, there's things you yeah. have. But honestly, everybody, like, yes, they're competitive. People, There's certain stuff people don't talk about to other teams. But for the most part, everybody's like really, really treats it like a family. They all are really out there to help each other. Um, like I said, where it's, I've asked so many of our team managers, like advice questions, been by trucks, talked to a lot of mechanics. You, on build days, you see all the time trucks parked. Somebody needs something from another team. Like everybody goes around and helps each other. It's not a big deal. I've gone shims from another OEM team before when we were shimming a motor on track, like different stuff like that. Like everybody's pretty cool. And then like on top of that, I got to drive this summer. And the drivers, I would say particularly, like, I'm super thankful to most of those guys. They are all, like I said, a little family. Mm-hmm. They all take care of each other so much. Where it's like Corey Sar, 
Kenny Emma, Mike Spricker, um, at at uh, Dawn, uh, uh, Big B is a huge help. Um, uh, Jerry TLD, like Nick or er, Lonnie Pirelli, like all those guys are just like a big thank you to most of them, especially like they're just all like a family. Mm-hmm. They they all take really good care of each other, um, and that that surprised me a lot. And it was something I just thought about the other day. Like I said, is just like everybody in this whole thing is. Um, it, it's it's not that cutthroat. I think everybody understands what we all sacri- what everybody sacrifices to go do this, mm-hmm. and because of that they all kind of understand what the others going through, and they're all really really helpful. It, it's way more of a family with that whole group than I would have ever expected. And even on my end, dealing with like a big corporate entity like Honda, um, especially this year, it was one of the main reasons I was probably the most bummed to shut down. Is like that whole racing group treated me like family mm-hmm. and, and our group. And I honestly look back and that's like I said, it's a big reason I'm going to shut down. Cause I feel like I would have never expected to get into that position mm. with, with a company like that and, and have them treat us so well and just be so helpful. And just the conversations I've had with so many people, in different racing departments there and just how down to help they are. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, when I think about it, just because everybody's kind of living this same life and passion together, um, and then they all understand the hardships everybody's going through and all the sacrifice. Yeah, because like I've talked with it, to a, I've talked to a lot of people about it. If you put a dollar figure on how much time and effort goes into this thing, it's a below minimum wage job. Oh yeah, without a doubt for okay. everybody like for ev- for most levels. You can name off basically any position, uh-huh. and like I said, there are a few people in the sport that make good money for their jobs and they're, they're deserving, but they they grind to get there. The majority of them are pretty much like make less than minimum wage when you actually do their yeah. hours. Um, and the cool thing for you, you know to see it all you're a racing fan through and through so to get involved with brands like honda and see yeah. how things operate and to go through that like you will have a greater respect for anything else that happens yeah. from now on yep and it, like so the area and i was joking with a bunch of the team guys this week and you know we all do a lot of content about teams and stuff but i learned so much just more about what everybody goes through too like he gave me a lot of respect i've been joking with most of the guys i've ran into our teams i'll be like well I'll be I'll be back next year in a me roll now. I'll be I'll be bugging. I uh, probably already annoyed a lot of teams when I was doing pit bits on bike stuff, but I'm probably gonna annoy people more now just coming by one to do like just knowing more about what everybody goes through, just wanting to shine a spotlight on what what a lot of these guys go through. Like I mean, we all all do that style content, but just like learning a little more of the ins and outs really of what they mm-hmm. all deal with. It mm-hmm. it gave me a greater respect for it, and uh, kind of want makes me want to just like show people more what what the guys that do this day in and day out um, really deal with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <coughs> closing the team. Yep. You've explained your reasons and everything. I'm, I'm sure there's people that don't understand that are on the other side of the fence, right? Yeah. So, playing a little devil's advocate here, uh, what about, like, so I was told the Mumford camp wanted to help you pay off your debt and keep the team running and allow you to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. But they said that you would not do that for that. You wanted X some amount of cash to give them the team. Um, Want to address that? Uh, I never had a, a direct conversation in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, not not in that sense. I never gave them a, a dollar value or anything. But basically, at the end of the day, like I didn't want, <coughs> like, you know, like I said, there's, I know multiple people, whether it's in racing or out, that offered to help continue. But the biggest thing is, I just don't want to take on debt. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't want to. I don't want to owe people money. It's like the worst feeling on the face of the earth to owe people. It yeah. sucks. It, well, was that sure. an option though to like s- 
you know, quote unquote, sell the team to someone to keep going? Not, uh, not really from the discussions I had had. Um, because like one thing I ran into is like, we're in the middle of redoing all of our contracts. So it's hard. Cause like the team's only really worth the assets of a- any race team. It, it's something I actually, uh, over a year ago, I kind of was trying to start like a team owner associated group. A lot of us talked about it. Um, a lot of team owners talked about it. It's just like what the, the value of the teams actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Cause really at the end of the day, all, as, as it sits right now, the associations, organizations, like I did it. I just walked in and started a team. I didn't have to freaking pay any stupid fee or anything. I just showed up. Ha ha. Look, yeah. I got a trick and I yeah. had some support. That means I'm a team, right? Yeah. Um, I have people I have right here. So that works, right? Um, there, the, the value of the team is just like, okay, there's a truck, there's some parts, uh, most of the teams don't own a building, so it's like there's no no, no physical asset per se. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a few things, so it's like it's not what's it really worth versus what I put out. Well, it'd be easier for me to just sell off the components of it because that's all it's really worth. Like there's mm-hmm. just unless you have a lot of long-term deals where you can prove, like when you sell a team, like hey, this team is generating X amount of cash. Well, we're in the mm-hmm. middle of redoing like all of our contracts right now, and I'm so grateful we had a lot of the sponsors want to re-up. We had some new ones that were even trying to take spots of other ones. Um, but without any of that really being done, it's like, what's the value of, of anything? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just there, there's like, how do, I, how do I claim a cash value on the team when it really doesn't exist? And then the other hard part is like, <clears throat> I think because a chunk of it is my relationships, not to say if like I was sold team, like some sponsors won't continue, but there's also a chunk of them that I, and I don't mean this in a, a selfish or weird pattern that way. If I wasn't there, they weren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. I, there's a multitude of brands that would have just been like, okay, whatever. If you're not doing it, we're not involved. Our relationships with you. Um, so that option really kind of really makes sense to me at all because it's just like, what am I, what am I selling out? What am I, Mm-hmm. getting rid of it it doesn't really have much value to it in my opinion maybe somebody would but nobody ever offered me a, a dollar value that made any sort of sense whatsoever mm-hmm. other than just me selling out the assets and just clearing out any debts and just being able to you know be like okay well like, yeah I, I can go on with my life um something we got to bring up because this gets brought up like almost every other week online Mm-hmm. What what's the works chassis lab thing? Where do you stand with that? Just so people are all clear in the okay. air. Um, myself and a business partner um, basically ran that. Like I was mostly in charge of that business, and to put bluntly, between the team stuff, I just got super overwhelmed. COVID, we got backed up on orders and stuff. We had some orders sitting. Um, poor communication on my part. Just super overwhelmed with doing the team and stuff. I bit off way more than I can chew. Just straight up. And um, basically moving on with my life, I, my business partner was like, hey, I, I can't be involved anymore. So just cleaning up what like that looks like that situation. But um, I know if, like there was some weird accusing of me like stealing money to run the team. But none of that happened. <laughs> that was a weird one. I understand like people put one and two and two together or something. I was like, holy, that, that went sideways really yeah. fast. Um, but no, like there's some people we were trying to fulfill their back orders. I got a few people with refunds were clearing up, and like I, I think I left on a file form like, hey, if anybody has had any issues, please email me. Love to take care of you. As I said, they're part. The worst thing in the world is owing people anything, debts, anything like that is like literally the worst feeling ever. Keeps you from sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, I think I said something on a foreign topic on there. Like, no matter. One of the biggest life lessons I learned with doing the team and just all this stuff in general is because, like, I go into everything probably big, open-eyed, like, I'm going to do good. Do good by the industry, do good by riders, do good for 
world, try to try to do something good with my life. Um, you can do stuff with the best of intentions. You can do stuff with the best of reasons and ideas. Doesn't mean you end up doing a good thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't mean it can't go sideways. Um, so no, all that's um, I think for the most part getting cleared up. Like I said, if anybody's got any problems, uh, I know there was a topic on vital. Like just my my emails there. Like please let me know if you're missing an order or something wasn't paid for, and I'd love to help you guys take care of it. Cause like I think we're. I, we've pretty much contacted any of the back where I think we're good, but like, like I said, if somebody feels like they haven't reached out to please, please hit me up. Uh, just want to make sure everybody's all good. Hi, Swap Mortal Live listeners. This is Alex Martin. At Arai, every helmet is handcrafted with dedication to pursue gains and protection, and that is exactly why I choose to race in an Arai helmet. This lifeblood of obsession with protection is driven by a single shareholder and runs through every person who builds an Arai helmet. This is what sets Arai apart. This is Arai. Who does Ken Roxon, Chase Sexton, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, Mitch Evans, and four-time world champion Tim Geyser turn to for power? Yoshimura, since 1954. Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the premier motocross transport system, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice, for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase. Hey everyone, Don Moyetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next, cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, what's up guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-Shirt Printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team t-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaT-ShirtPrinters.com. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at GuiltlessFoodCo.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, 
Being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. How, okay, these last five days, yep. you know, you've been the figurehead that you were at Vital back in the day, like yep. you were kind of the punching bag a little bit for those people. A little bit. A little bit. And then that you left good. and all that. But these last five to seven days, you've just been getting relentlessly, like, shit talked. Yeah, no. How does that feel, especially knowing uh, friend to friend, but He's also. He's going to go back and ban people. Yeah, <laughs> but like, how is it for you knowing, like, hey, dude, I'm, I'm putting all this in with best intentions, and you just get motherfuckered all the time? Like, how hard is that for you to be like, why do I even want to do this then? Uh, I had like a two day period where I was straight question if I should just like totally leave the industry and go work at McDonald's because, like, like I said, you know, I'm not gonna name it, but like shutting down the team, there was definitely some people that were really like, I think I saw clear, but there were some people very angry with me at first, like, and I understand why but it was kind of like look i explained to some people around it like these are the reasons i can't continue it is going to destroy my life mm -hmm. like it is going to ruin my life like if you guys all want i guess i can continue to ruin my life for everybody to have existence but now's the time it's it's gotta to end before it, like it really like i said even if somehow everything went perfect and it just it, it just trucked along no problem <clears throat> the way to make it perfect would put me in a big debt hole, and it was just like, man, it's it's not worth it. So that was initially a bummer. Um, I'm really thankful for you know a lot of the industry people that have always supported me and my event like ventures from all this. Like, there's a lot of people that came in like, dude, we've got your back. Like, we understand. I uh, got some people that were like I said, very upset. Um, the whole thing on bio going sideways like that. Yeah, at the end of the day, I was like, man, being vilified sucks. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Some of the stuff that I've seen, like in the last few days, as a friend, I, I'm just I had like, somebody, oh I had God. somebody say I shouldn't walk on the streets free, which I understand everybody's uh, is open to their their opinion. Um, yeah, it, it hurts, and that's why I said at the end of the, earlier in the conversation is like having up here, having anybody think you've done them wrong is the worst feeling in the face of the earth because mm -hmm. you, like I said, I, I go into everything with the grace of intentions. I started the team for that reason. I did the content. I did like just a kid that likes dirt bikes and i say kid because everybody still calls me a kid i'm almost freaking 30 now i should probably should end that part um but you know just like hey, i was like all i've wanted to do with my life is be around dirt bikes and do cool stuff with it and 
um, during the time I was media, I realized like, hey, there's a, other than just enjoying bikes, there's a lot I can do for people, you know, creating content, like connecting with people, letting them see a different side of it. Like, yeah, I think that's why we all kind of did what we did mm-hmm. me stuff. Like there's, there's that passion for it, but at the same time, like I just wanted to do good. I, I've, we've let, like, I think back to all the years of how me and my family have been around moto. We've had so many people we let live with us free give them vehicles like anybody does it it has a passion for us like i said we've given people bikes part and like and it's just everything i want to do is i i'm i tend to feel like i'm a uh, i try to be a selfless person like i said you can go into things the best intention screw up though um but yeah i i always have an open hand to try to help anybody that wants to do something in the sport or a company or something like that and um, after, like I said, a day or two being vilified and having to sit down, just like soul search, I just reminded myself like, Hey, it's, it's only my, like you can fix anything like now you can fix anything, but like, I, I know I do this to the best intentions. Um, everything will clear out at the end of the day and I'm just going to continue to go about my life the same way I, I have always had. Even if at times I feel like people don't appreciate it or I get burnt. I'll never try to stop being a, a helpful person. And mm-hmm. like I said, whether it's writers or anything like advice, I, I just, then the, the day I wouldn't be who I feel like I am or who my parents taught me to be, um, or all my, my family, just anybody around me. If I was, if I didn't just try to be helpful, I can mm-hmm. be annoying. I can talk a lot. I try to be helpful. We know, <laughs> we know, but that, but like he would love it when I would refer to the team as like Team Talking Boy and Kickstart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that's my favorite team. Yeah. <laughs> well, I laugh. I'm trying to remember now. I think. Um, okay, so actually, the the whole Talking Boy thing is still hilarious to me because I always thought forever that it was uh, you or Ross that nicknamed me that oh, for Yoshi. the long time, and then I found out it was Yoshi. Oh my god, I had so much fun with that. I came in the shop one day, and you know, Yoshi being Japan, English not his first language. I I came in one day and I was like Yoshi. I'm so angry at you. He's like, what? I'm like, all this time. I hate, and I just played it up. I'm like, I hate that freaking nickname. I thought it was Ross or Donna did it, and I accepted it. But it was actually you. I thought you were my friend. I had them all fired up on it. Because <laughs> I laugh. You called me to, like, I was laughing. The, the countdown to meltdown. Oh, God. Ross would call me that to everybody. I would literally go to pick up parts for, like, drop off the teams and stuff, and everybody would call me that. Even uh, Brooke showed me at one point. I think Larry showed me that. I was talking about his phone because uh, Ross had sent the contact card. Yeah. He didn't even have my actual name as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, God. okay, so you're going back to Vital. Is that a secret, or is it, did I just blow that out? Mathis kind of did the other day, and I think about it. We didn't make an official announcement, but it'll basically put bluntly, I'm coming back to media. Yeah. To media. To, to media. media. Yeah. 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 I get to come be. I get to. I get to be your guys' nemesis again. It's so much fun. Vital MX. <laughs> I'm excited. I, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how all of that goes. Yeah, how especially is that because be? you've gone been gone for so long and see different sides of it. Like I said, to me, it'll be fun because uh, the position I'm moving to is like it's. I'm a lot more in charge now and stuff, and I'm just like excited to be able to explore content ideas and stuff that I, I always wanted to. You know, I had a lot of freedom before, but, um, I don't know, just a different level of it, just being able to, seeing so many different sides of the industry now with, since I left, like, it just gave me a million ideas. Like, as I sit at home and I'm like, I'd love to do story in this. I'd love to show people this. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm super excited to maybe ch- change the way this is done or something like that. It just runs through my brain all the time. Like, 
like I, I'm sure you guys have the same style content meetings I always is like you're always just trying to think how can I do something different how can I do something better mm-hmm. and I just feel like with where I've been the last couple of years I learned so much more that like hey I can come back and I've got a, a fresher mind and face about it and just be able to produce cool shit for people are you looking forward to babysitting the message board I love the community so yes I actually do I miss being on there <laughs> talking as much yes I've been a little vilified but I I I I always really enjoy that. Like, you look, my post count is freaking really high from when I was there. Because it's, it's a, yeah, it's a bunch of messes for hero, but it's a lot of people with true passion for the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, everybody's got their opinions on it, but it, it's a lot of really passionate people, and I enjoy people that are passionate about the sport. So, yeah, I'm super actually looking forward to it. Um, just, like I said, there's, there's some good people. There was like a dude, there's this guy on there, um, Brent, I think his name was Brent. I met him at Paula. Um, he basically invites some kid over from Europe to basically like, Hey, I'll help you race. He's a kid's racing EMX. And like, I guess the GP series, there's been, there's getting a lot of support cut. And this kid wanted somehow like an interview came up. This kid hasn't ride. The guy reached out to him like, Hey, I'll get you a bike. If you want to come over and race two rounds. Mm -hmm. And the dude bought like literally went out, just bought the dude a bike, let him live his house mechanic and stuff. Met that guy. Like there's, there's super cool people out there. Like Mm -hmm. I relate to in the sense of like trying to do cool or just trying to do good, good in the sport and good for the community so there's guys like that on there there's there's people that have super great intentions and and mean super well and yes there are some crazy people i might go back to getting some death threats i got that when i worked there initially i had like cup i had one dude that just kept creating accounts that i think hated my guts (laughs) somehow thought i banned him for some i don't know there you get some some crazy maybe when you get there i can get unblocked are you blocked right now i believe so uh first order of duty I thought you were like, uh, was it your brother had a secondary account one point MX shot and it was teased. I'm like, people have figured out who MX shot is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As we kind of go back to everything, um, what's the one thing you're most proud of in everything that you did? Because from the outside looking in and just knowing things that you were involved in, I don't think that that East Coast, West Coast Supercross change last year happens without you being one of the first guys to raise your hand and say how important it is. Uh, you showed how to make a privately owned team look like a full factory outfit as far as appearance goes yep. with sponsors, everything like that. What's the one thing that you're like, yeah, that's that's what I want to take the biggest memory away from? Um, that, this one's actually kind of tough because I actually just did a, a Racer X2 tries where it was like, what's your most proudest moment? And um, maybe I'm a little too self-deprecating most of the time. I have that very much sense of humor. Probably a lot of it's due to hanging out with your brother for so long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think like of anything I did as a great like a caution. Like I'm stoked on stuff I've done, but um, if I actually had to say proud, like yeah, a little bit. I, I feel like I, I don't want to say I like caused it, but I felt like I helped some of the communication with small teams. Felt like when I had one epic conversation about change or. I felt like since then some of the communication has been better. I think just the whole COVID situation period and the talk of a team associated, like they've, they've been the, both the organizers are, have really improved their, their um, communication with everybody in the sport. I feel like I was a small part of that. I know a lot of people push for it. So that's cool to see having gone to experience that changeover um, from the team side. Yeah. I'm super proud of like being able to show at the end of the day, whether or not it's labels a success or not. I hope that, some people out there like maybe around the age of like when i was getting into wanting to be around the industry and media like hey you can do whatever you want if you put your your head down to it you can be a journalist you can be a videographer uh, you can be a racer you can be a mechanic you can own a freaking team for all i care like uh, just if you put your heart soul mind into it there's so many paths in this industry you can take i hope 
a team in a small sense like that maybe gives somebody some inspiration. Um, and then lastly, like for what the actual team did, um, at the end of the day, like, uh, like I said, Cody is one of the nicest kids I've met on the face of the earth. And I'm super stoked mm -hmm. for well, myself, Tony and the team and all the sponsors were able to do. I, I hope the kid has a great long career. Um, and I, cause especially, um, I actually thought this was really funny before Loretta's, he posted his Loretta's result. If, if a lot of people may have saw a lot of writers yeah. posting Loretta's result, Cody was the one that started this. He posts a screenshot of his, his Loretta Relin's vault results. And they were all over the place. Like, I, I can't remember if he ever finished top 10 overall at Loretta's. He had some really high score modes, a lot of DNFs, just like, he basically posted like, hey, it, you know, the kid's going, like, enjoy the week. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to make or break what you do. People will tell you that, but like, look at where I'm at now and look at what I did there. Like, it, it wasn't the end or mm -hmm. the be all of, of my life and existence. And I laugh. A-Ray followed it up with, look how bad my results were too. And a couple guys did, but then it turned into a bunch of factory guys posting like, look how my, look at, like, posting all their championships. I felt like it lost its uh, sense of direction at one point. <laughs> but w what I'm getting at is like, that with Cody, I think he's an amazing story, and I hope in I I think he inspired. I definitely think from talking to people like, you know, we so many media guys. Are like, why why is you know this kid's like the most popular freaking thing in moto? What do you think one of the main reasons is for that? I'm like because his story is like so relatable. The kid wasn't no amateur standout. His parents didn't have like m huge money to keep chasing the sport or anything crazy like that. They did very conservatively. He went to normal school, rode one day a week. He had one track within like an hour of his home. He had to, they had to drive super far. He went to college. He's come back from nearly being paralyzed in a, mm -hmm. a back injury, his first pro national. And he is, you know, based on his way to being a success in the sport and being a household name and getting to live out his dream. And um, if I look back at anything that the team did, like, you know, I'm, I'm Proud and happy for the people we were able to help along the way, but that one stands out as like, yeah, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, like I hope for anybody that was on our team or anybody they they go on to be a success. But when I see Cody, I I can just be super proud and also like, you know, a huge compliment to the reason I met him was actually through a friend of his, Kenny Day. We mm -hmm. all know Kenny Day's been Alvisar now Fox and stuff. Um, I was at a I, I stopped to pick up something from Feld did like a media photo shoot day the one day for the season and that's he stopped at Angel Stadium and he's like hey do you and I'll be 100% honest I never heard of Cody before this. never he's popular on the East Coast a lot of cool videos and stuff but like Kenny's like hey if for any reason there's any chance you could even let this kid try a bike like you gotta meet him just check it I was like okay and then five minutes later I run into him there and I was like hey like we might have an opportunity do you want to come try a bike and the first day he rode he made like three laps and cartwheeled his brains out in front of me mm -hmm. trying to do some huge quad on 250 probably should have but just like the kids like I said attitude and work ethic and um, I, I could see what like Kenny and like ultimately Tony Archer that came over to be his mechanic like people have been around a long time that wanted to see him get his opportunity to see what they saw like those people of course like I can't take credit, like, oh, I discovered anything. I've had a few people say that. And that's not the case. There's people that turned, like, pointed us towards him, um, people that believed in him. Mm -hmm. Like, anybody, for, you know, the guy believers and thanks to those guys, you know, it was able to all connect the dots. And, um, like I said, I, I think he's on a pathway to being something in the sport, hopefully. I think, like, coming for nothing, like, hopefully, like, the next Weston Pike-style story, you know, might be in our YouTube. But I think he's got a legitimate shot at making it to a top to an absolute top tier team soon. Mm -hmm. um, so go back to proud. Like I said, I, I guess the three things like hopefully I've inspired, maybe along the way I'll inspire somebody. You can do anything you really want in the industry. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I hope, and I think Cody kind of inspires in the same way with riding and stuff, just like, just showing kids that you don't have to have the factory AM contract, like, it's just all down to how much do you really want to put into it, how much effort do you want to give. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I think we covered it all, yeah. I think we covered it all, but uh, it was uh, it was a pleasant two years watching you uh, accomplish what you did. Thank you. And, you know, stop by and give you shit. Mm. Give you props. You know, I, but, uh, yeah, that's one thing I will say I miss having, like, just the truck pit presences. We had a lot of people always said, like, they really enjoyed being around truck, and I enjoyed it. So many people I've worked with you guys, you know, media and just brand stuff. Kind of miss being having a little point for everybody to come bullshit. Now I got to wander around and find everybody again. Jesus. Yeah. Well, well, good job. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in and listening to this uh, chat with Michael Lindsay of Vital MX. This really yeah. was like 60 minutes. Yeah. Well, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you at the ni- next bike intro, but we're not talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Enemies. Frenemies. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah. Check out Michael over at his new home, and uh, don't be a message board bandit. (laughs) Talk to you next time.